Well, good morning, Cam. Uh, good morning. How are you? I'm doing all right. I do sometimes after I say good morning, realize that it's morning for us, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, it may not be morning for everybody that's listening. So that's okay. Yeah. You know. Consider this an opportunity to restart your day. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Uh, are you enjoying your coffee this morning? Uh, I'm enjoying my water this morning. I haven't had any coffee yet. Oh, I, uh, I had worked early at work yesterday and I walked in and my manager says, Hey, how's it going? And it was like eight o'clock in the morning that I, that I had to get to work. And I was like, I am one cup of coffee in, I'll let you know two and two more cups of coffee. <laughs> she just laughed. <laughs> so <clears throat> I took a whole pot of coffee with me to work. This craft that I have from, uh, uh-huh. from the Hastings collective. Yeah. I took this whole thing to work with me. <laughs> and uh drank on that until almost noon so it was good goodness Mm -hmm. running around like sonic the hedgehog yeah so uh, we deferred our last episode because uh you were doing a wedding shoot i wanted to know how how did that go uh it went really really good um the bride and groom uh were super cool uh real chill um very open to um just being like i mean just like like almost like it wasn't their wedding like the level of stress was so low you know and as the i was the only one shooting the wedding yeah there was i didn't have a second shooter i didn't have anyone doing video it was just me um and it was a it was a one hour it was close to like 45 minute catholic mass for the wedding um and so the setting was a very you know uh large catholic cathedral well large like for my town not like <laughs> you know because there are some cathedrals worldwide that are you know like notre dame for example right like just massive mm-hmm. um but like uh the ceiling was probably i don't know 50 or 60 feet high it had you know it was like a, a domed thing above uh the altar like very very um interesting mm-hmm. uh and then there was obviously the photo time after and then the reception and, and, uh, lots of fun, but it was super good. I took like, I think my total was 1,081 photos. And, uh, after the first pass, I had 331 that were at least worth looking at to decide to edit. Um, I will be spending a few hours later today. I'm shooting a quinceanera this afternoon, which should be a lot of fun. Um, I've never done a quinceanera before. Uh, so it'll be a uh, exciting, and that's also a Catholic mass followed by a party. Um, so I'm learning all sorts of things because I obviously Christian, not Catholic, very Protestant. Uh, and so it's just a whole different world, right? Um, so I, it, I find it quite educational actually, uh, to be doing these things, but the wedding shoot was great. Still have a lot of editing to do. Um, and that's the time consuming part is culling all the photos and then deciding, okay, what sort of vibe do I want to go with? What, what kind of colors and, and their wedding, their, like their colors were uh, like white and like a minty green. So I'm trying to make sure that that shows and, you know, this, that, and the other thing, but it's, it was fun. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'd, I'd do it again if someone wants to pay me. <laughs> so it- it sounds it sounds like you had a good time. You didn't lose all your photos. I'm taking it. No, gosh, no, 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 no. No, and so I actually, so one of 
my goal this year was to make enough money to buy a Canon C70, which is a cinema camera, but it's like fifty five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the benefits of having an official like you know business with the state, you know, I have an LLC, is that if you spend your income on business expenses, you don't have to pay income tax on it. So I was like, if I can just make $5,500 this year, I can spend all of it on this really nice cinema camera and not pay income tax. Great. Done deal. You know, invest in the business. Well, I didn't make that much. Yeah. By a long shot. I made like, like three grand. An enormous amount of which was this wedding. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was like, well, I really don't want to lose half of that on income on income taxes because you know i'm self-employed right so it's 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 high uh it's, it's not half it's like i think it's like 30 or 35 percent or something like that but still like that's it's like a thousand dollars right mm-hmm. do a lot with a thousand bucks so i decided um to get uh and she actually paid me like two weeks before the wedding she's like hey can i just pay you now <laughs> i was like sure like, and then I was like, and then the, 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 that whole two weeks, I was like, don't get COVID. Don't get COVID. Like you have to be at this wedding. You have to, like, you, you cannot miss this. Yep. And so like the two or three days before the wedding, I was like, I was pretty anxious because Kennedy, my daughter, um, had gotten the flu and then was like throwing up, you know? And I was like, oh my gosh, like I spent the last three days with her. Like I cannot get sick. Like I just can't. And I didn't, thankfully. Um, I think it's just, you know, it's her first year in school she's in kindergarten and all these kids have been taking baths and hand sanitizer for the last three years because of, of COVID and everything. It's like, so I just think their immune systems aren't nearly what they would have been yeah. if they had gone to kindergarten in 2019 instead of now, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think they're all playing catch up um, with, with all of that. But anyways, um, so I decided to buy a second camera body, not the C70. I got the Canon R6. Um, which does better video than my other camera, um, better, you know, dynamic range, all sorts of stuff. Um, and so it was my first shoot using two cameras, which Mitch, I will never go to a photo shoot without two camera bodies ever again, because I don't have to switch lenses on one camera. I have one camera with a telephoto lens, one camera with a 35 millimeter. And so instead of having to like, stop, change the lens, then take the picture. I can literally just, and I have a, a shoulder harness that holds both of them. I can just telephoto wide angle tele without even in it. So I never, I don't miss the moment, right? I can just switch the camera in a second, two seconds tops getting it. And it was, it was a game changer for sure. So, uh, while I wasn't able to get the camera that I really, really wanted, um, I still made enough to not have to pay income taxes on, like 98% of what my business made this year, which is nice. And I got a second body and it made the wedding shoot so much more fun and so much less stressful because it's a wedding. If you miss the shot, you miss the shot. Right. You know what I mean? You can't ask them to go redo, cut the cake again or do your first dance again, or the groom's first look at the bride as she comes down. Like you have to hit every shot, you know? So anyways, that's a long-winded answer too. It was a ton of fun, and I got all the shots, and the bride and groom were lovely folks. So, yeah, I didn't hear anything from you, so I figured it went well. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was waiting for that text. Oh crap! <laughs> You'll never guess. Yeah, no, no, it was all but, good. Everyone had a good time. 
So, so did you get a chance to go back and listen to our last episode? Uh, not yet. I, I'll be honest. I haven't really been listening to many podcasts lately yeah. and I feel, I feel like a bad podcaster for not listening to podcasts, but I'm just, you know, for whatever reason, I gotten kind of out of sync with it, but is this you telling me that I should go back? Is there, is well, there some here, here's kind of the thing. I felt like last episode was very much like a shotgun. Like we, we turned on the recording and just like, just, mm-hmm. just went. And so then I, I went back to listen to it because I couldn't remember half the episode because <laughs> it just went by so quickly. And, uh, and so I cracked myself up like pretty hard. <laughs> I was listening at work and I'm, I'm standing there with that, with my, uh, bone conduction headphones on listening to the podcast and, um, and there wasn't really anybody around for most of it, but if there was, and I started laughing, people were just looking at me like I was insane. It was pretty, pretty good. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it, it's one of those episodes that I think if, uh, like it could be really polarizing cause it was either like you just love the insanity of the episode or you're just like these guys are a bunch of kooks. I can't listen to I can't listen to this again, you know. So, but hopefully this morning will be much more restructured or much more structured. And and I will tell the audience I did zero editing to the la- last uh, podcast because it was one of those that almost uh, benefited from the the chaos of of the episode. So I I just let it be what it was and um, made that artistic choice, but. <laughs> We'll add it a little bit more. I did also notice I have, I have a real problem with Oz and ums during the, the episode mm-hmm. and stuttering and stammering a little bit. And a lot of times when I go back and edit that stuff, I notice I notice it way more because I'm editing it all out. Yeah. Uh, and in the, in la- the last episode, I think because of the the pace of the show and and how much fun we were having, I, it was way less of that. So I thought, you know, throwing it out there as an unedited episode was didn't hurt anything because it didn't make either one of us sound like you know bad in any way. So, uh, but so this morning I'm trying to pay, pay a little bit more attention so to save on editing as well, uh, not to try and do filler but i think it comes a lot from i grew up in a home where if you didn't do that you lost your opportunity to talk because someone else would jump in on you and so if you were using filler words and trying to you know keep talking you were blocking them from interrupting you so you had to filibuster is what you're saying filibustering a little bit yeah so (laughs) so when i tend to do that normally and so like that. And so I, I do that a lot because I'm, I'm trying to keep, you know, this mysterious person from jumping in on me, but <laughs> whatever, I'll work on it. Mitch is like, I see interrupting people. Well, I, when I worked in radio, I had kind of defeated this for the most part because a lot of what I did was I read. So when you read stuff, it's not the ahs and ums are not in the copy. So you, you don't, that's not what you read. And most of the time I was on the air by myself. So I knew nobody was going to interrupt me. So mm-hmm. it was, it was a lot easier not to be like that. But, but then when you get somebody else in the mix, it becomes a little bit more difficult to, like, you feel like you can't control it as well. Even though you're really good at giving me time to to talk, I still feel 
Yeah. Yeah. Stop that. I still feel like I have to use filler words to try and keep you from interrupting me. So it's, it's just a thing. It's, it's not you. It's me. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I'll take it. Cause it usually is me. So, and I think the latency on zoom has gotten a lot better too. So that we're not, we're not talking over each other as much either. So that helps a lot. Very good. Can we, can we talk about it now? Can we? Can we? I, you don't want me to push, keep filling so that we don't get to it? I mean, it's just, you know, you're in charge. So. All right, hold on. So our main topic today, uh, we, we talked about what was delighting us before the uh, before we did the episode. And I have a whole thing I want to talk about uh, in that segment. But we were waffling as to whether or not to make this the main, like a the main thrust of the show today, or to mm-hmm. save it for uh, the delights segment. And Cam said, "Why can't we do both?" So we're going to do both. So, yeah, we're going to talk about the new Taylor Swift album that's coming yeah. out. So two nights ago on Thursday night, right after the football game uh, was done on Amazon Prime, the uh, season finality of Rings of Power dropped. They dropped it Thursday night. Those Thursday cheaters? night, right after the right after the football game. Oh man, I watched it last night. So mm-hmm. so I did as well. And uh, Cam is super excited about this, and I thought it was a really good episode as well. So uh, we're going to talk about uh, Lord of the Rings: Rings of Power, uh, the uh, the series on Amazon Prime. So first off, what did you think? Uh, well, first of all, if you just major spoiler warning, just if yeah. you haven't watched it and you plan to pause the audio right now, just, just delete this episode and come back later because we will ruin the show for you if you don't. Yes. So that being said, uh, if we ruin it for you now, it's on, it's on you. Um, okay. So before we get into the episode, last time we talked, we were trying to figure out who about the show. Last time we talked yeah. about the show, we were trying to figure out who the stranger was. Mm-hmm. And you and your wife had theories, right? Radagast, Gandalf, you thought Sauron. Sauron right? was possibility, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I, I've, I've always thought it was Gandalf. And I've ridden that journey of, yes, it is. No, no, it's not. No, yeah. no, it's not. And then last night I was like, yeah. Dude, <laughs> they, literally was like They totally head faked it too. Huh? They totally head faked you too. Oh, yeah. So um, they start the episode, right? Mm-hmm. And it's before they even get to the opening titles, credits, right? This, the opening score. Mm-hmm. And it's those three creepy, like, evil witch ladies mm-hmm. that, that finally catch up to him. And they're like, we are here to serve you, Lord Sauron. And then they go right to the titles. And immediately I was like, nope, no way they're starting the episode with that reveal. Absolutely not. I was like, there's no way. There's no way they would start the episode if that's actually the case. Um, I found so my, I was. I what? found myself uh, uh, looking at that, going, mm, "Okay, maybe they've got more to reveal." Um, but at the same time, like, I'm not sure that I'm totally like. I kind of was thinking that he could be Sauron mm-hmm. from from some of the hints that they'd given. Uh, we talked about Saruman being a possibility. You know, mm-hmm. he was obviously one of the wizards, or um, possibly Sauron. But, well, I mean, uh, Sauron is the same class of 
person is Saruman and mm-hmm. uh, Gandalf and Radagast, right? They're the, basically, I think they, they are categorized as wizards, are they not? Am I wrong about that? Well, that's what the humans call them. I forget what, um, I forget like what their name and like the hierarchy of beings is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I'm reading through some of that stuff, um, but there's, I think there's nine or 13. I can't remember. Um, so people that are listening right now, we like Lord of the Rings. We are not experts. So this is correct. The fact that we don't know the number or the 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 name of the type of person that they are. I will just say for okay. me, everything I know about the Lord of the Rings, I've I've gotten from the movies and from whatever my wife has told me about it. Because my wife has read a lot of the books. And I used to, yeah. we had a tradition every year. I bought her a new Lord of the Rings book for uh, for our anniversary. So that went on the way, it went to the wayside at one point. But it's like every anniversary I bought her a new a book that was in that series. So, so she's read a lot of the supplemental material on um, that mm-hmm. Tolkien's written. Yeah. So anyway, so they start the episode, right? Lord Sauron. Um, and so there had been theories that I'd seen that Halbrand could also be uh, Sauron, which is interesting because Halbrand is not, in any of Tolkien's literature. He's an original character to this show. Mm-hmm. Just like uh Erondir, the uh the elf that helps the the Southlanders defeat or try to defeat Adar, anyways. Um is he's, he's 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 a created character for this show. Um and I was like, man, that's really interesting because the more like you you watch him and listen to him, he speaks a lot in vague half truths that could mean two or three very different things depending on if he's a good guy or a bad guy. Right. Or, or the bad guy. Um, and so when, when they started the show and they were like the, the, the creepy witches told the stranger that he was Lord Sauron. I was like, Oh my God, it's Hellbrand. I was like, Oh, cause I was like, there's, there's no way they're going to start it. And so I immediately was like, I'm, I'm listening to everything that comes out of that guy's mouth. The rest of this, cause it's a finale. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think that they were going to reveal I just thought they were going to like heavily um, like tip their cap, but like they did with the stranger at the end of the episode. Right. They didn't say he's Gandalf, but they ended the episode with him leaving with Nori, the Harfoot, which is the Hobbit's ancestor. Right. And he talks about, so there's a point in Lord of the Rings where they're in the mines of Moria and they're sitting there trying to figure out which way they need to go. And Gandalf uses his nose he goes oh we're gonna need to go this way why oh because the air is um is less foul this way and he talks to frodo about you know and so that whole like oh the the air is sweeter this way Mm -hmm. i was like i was like oh my like they didn't tell us his name but they told us exactly who he is without that and so i thought they would do something like that with halbrand and boy they didn't yeah (laughs) he's sauron in every like so anyway i just what what the I way did that they handled it was so good. What I did that I or what they did that I did appreciate was how they he exposes himself as Sauron uh-huh. to Galadriel and then proceeds to defend his viewpoint to make it sound like no, I'm trying to help. You don't understand. Dude, he was, I'm, he was I'm, gaslighting her yeah, hard. I'm, I'm trying to help. <laughs> this i'm trying to bring peace 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, and there's a part of me that thinks he believes that too. Because, you know, taking this into the uh, the realm of Star Wars for a moment, when you look at the Empire, the Empire is so much about, like, we're bringing peace to the galaxy. It might be under oppressive rule, but we're bringing peace to the galaxy. Look at all the good things that we've done. You know, when you look at some of the new series, I'm, I'm watching through uh, The Mandalorian uh, again, um, the first two seasons. And whenever you hear anything from the, the Empire, uh, there's a couple of scenes where they talk about, well, look at what the Republic's done. The, the galaxy is in chaos. Like, they haven't done anything. Like, we at least had rule and had order and had brought peace to the galaxy. Now you have, you know, all these warlords that are controlling things and all this oppression on these different planets and, and all this bad stuff. I think when you when you talk about Sauron and you talk about uh, uh, the the character of Halbrand in in the episode and as he's revealing this, you kind of wonder if he doesn't believe that. So yeah, well, that's you know, crazy people be crazy, Mitch. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, well, it's, they, like, it's like Thanos too, right? Mm-hmm. We're just gonna get rid of half the like. We're just gonna make life, you know, and like yeah, they really do believe that. Uh, and man, what sort of headspace do you have to be in to think that oppression? Like, cause like the, the, the empire, right. Can list all the good things that they've done, but they also blew up Alderaan. They also <laughs> destroyed uh, the Jedi temple, you know, uh, have wiped out all sorts. Like, it's just, you know, yeah, you've done a few good things, but you've also committed genocide. So yeah. like, you know, hmm. but, but like, <laughs> but like any, you know, we can even take this into, you know, reality here into the world. Any, any like terrorist thinks that they're mm-hmm. fighting for freedom. Yep. They, they, um, Merlin is really popular. Merlin man is popular mm-hmm. for, for saying that using the term or using the phrase, everybody has their reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, that nobody, there's nobody that, that does this stuff that just does it because they're evil. You know, they may be misguided. They may be doing, doing, uh, you know, something stupid, but, but they have the reason for doing it. So. Well, I think some people are just crazy, but I would, I would say the overwhelming majority of people have reasons, but I think some people are just bonkers, but anyways. Yeah. So back to the show. Yeah. Um, I, I, but I think that's what part of what makes this so good is they have, they have humanized the bad guy. Like you could, you, we were, we just had a five minute discussion about, the psychology of why he, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they have succeeded in humanizing the bad guy that we've spent the whole season trying to decide, is he good? Is he bad? Do we like him? Do we not? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like they did such a good job of making him real that now that he, it's been revealed that he is the true bad guy. It means so much more because mm-hmm. in, in Lord of the Rings, he's just this, eye on a tower right yeah. and in the flashbacks he's just this big guy with a giant helmet on which did you catch in this scene where they showed the shadows when he's yeah. at first and he's got the the pointy helmet on i was like they mm-hmm. don't miss anything it's so good the other thing that i caught that was i thought was brilliant was when um they finally they have they melt um gladriel's dagger that was her brother's yeah and there's that there's that that molten bowl or the bowl full of the molten metal and he holds the the mithril and he drops it in. It 
and it turns into Sauron's eye. Yeah. I was like, it's so good. Yeah. Like it's there for like two or three seconds, and then it melts mm-hmm. away. But it, yeah, it's literally it. it is the it, it even has like the like it becomes the the the, the you know the black part of the eye, and it turns yeah. into Sauron's eye for a few seconds. And I was like, this is so good. Yeah, just I love when shows do stuff like that. Yeah, it's great. So now I want I want to go back and rewatch the whole thing because I guarantee you. Oh, so I know one Easter egg that I found. Um, and then we sorry we can get back to talking the episode, but. The very beginning of the first episode, you know, when Gladriel and her trooper up in Forod Waith, the, the frozen castle, and they find, uh, you know, the sigil on the, um, like the, the, the stone table. Mm-hmm. And at this point, they don't know what the sigil means. When they cut from that scene, they do that map transition. Mm-hmm. The map part that they show is Mordor. Yeah. So like they're telling you from the very first cut scene exactly what that means. And you just won't know it until like episode four. Right. Yeah. I, that I obviously I, I picked it up an episode. If it was an episode four, like mm-hmm. I, it wasn't right at the beginning that I caught it, but I, I did catch it at, at one point and became very obvious what, what it was. Yeah. I didn't catch it the first time, but like I went back and watched the first episode after like episode like five or six. And I was like, oh, my gosh, they just they tell you from the very beginning exactly what that means. And so I guarantee you mm-hmm. there's going to be other things, especially with stuff that Halbrand says that is going to, you know, mean so much more now. Yeah, this is going to this is going to warrant a rewatch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other thing that I really enjoyed is. Now I understand why in Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, Gandalf has such a high view of The Hobbit's. And what they're really capable of because Mm -hmm. of what the relationship that he's going to be building with Nori, the rest of the series, right? Mm -hmm. Like he's already, they're the ones that saved him. Nori's the one that got him to stand up against the witches and to embrace his goodness. Right. And to, and so like, I can now start to see how and why Gandalf, unlike anybody else on the planet has a special place in his heart and an understanding of, the Harfoots and the Hobbits, which, you know, they become, right? Uh, and so I just thought that was a really, really clever way uh, to have his origin story start, right? Because it makes, it it just, it totally projects towards how he handles Bilbo and Frodo and, uh, and the Hobbits, you know, in, in the other um, books and movies. So very, very clever. I liked it. Yeah. It's been a fun series to watch. I'm I'm sad mm-hmm. it's over, but it's going to be good for a rewatch. So the other thing I read is that when they got the um the rights to do this, they had to do five series or five uh, seasons, like guaranteed, and that the writers of the show already know what the last scene of the last episode of the last season is going to be. So like they're all. I mean, like this is like they've already gamed this out to the very end which he's like there's going to be things from season one that don't get paid off until the last season five mm-hmm. which i'm just like oh this is like <laughs> i love it. it i love when shows do that sort of stuff um but the other thing i wanted to get your thoughts on mitch mm-hmm. is galadriel doesn't tell Celebrimbor or elrond that hellbrand is sauron at all 
while they're making the rings, right? She comes back. Where's Halbrand? Oh, he's he's gone. And they mm-hmm. just like so she knows that he's the baddie, and that this was his idea to make these or to help get them made. And she says nothing. Um, am I wrong to to believe? Because one thing that's been sticking in my head the the whole se- season to this point is that she, when you see her in the movies in the Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings movies, she's been cast out. Like she's got her own sect of um, elves. She's considered to be evil or has, has an evil aspect to her. Like these, these are not good elves that, that she's leading. And so. Well, that's me, where Legolas came from, right? Yeah. But, uh, but, but as, but as you're looking at this, you know, there's, there's obviously like she's split off from the, from the main a uh, group of elves in Rivendell. Mm-hmm. And and so I keep thinking like what's leading to that? And um and where cuz she she disobeys them, you know, jumps out of the boat, goes back to go goes back and ends up in Numenor. Um she's pretty much treated like a scourge wherever she goes, you know, um until until she really gets back with the with the elves and even then i'm not totally convinced that they've welcomed her back in mm-hmm. you know and now she you know sauron is trying to um bring her in as his queen and that's not by accident you know so the fact that 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 is happening leads me to believe that the two of them end up connecting and she ends up being bewitched by him you know, to, to follow, follow him. And then there's, there's some kind of falling out or some, something that happens later on. It's just a theory, but you know, I, I think that she's, she ends up in league with him at least for a while. I don't know. I know it's hard, but I think she, she buys his reasoning and, and his, I'm trying to bring peace. You know, and she and she's already rather disenfranchised by it so much that I think she she falls for it. Hmm. Well, there's one way to find out. Yep. Read the books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I don't know. I'm gonna take the I'm gonna I'm gonna take the other side of that one and say no, and we'll find out. Okay. He'll find out because who knows what the show is going to do, yeah. right? They can, because they, the other thing I read is they don't have the rights to the Silmarillion, but they have the rights to everything else, which is interesting. I don't know why they would get the rights to everything but that. Um, so yeah. Anyways, and yet it seems um, like it doesn't seem like they're referencing stuff from the Silmarillion. And well, my, but there's in, also in my belief. Yeah, but there's also. There's like the Lost Tales and mm-hmm. the Lays of Beleriand and like all of that other stuff that goes into it. So uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's son, Christopher, did like a, a eight or nine book series on the history of Middle Earth where he took stuff that his dad had sort of pieced out and like wasn't complete and put it all together and, you know, um, that sort of stuff. So I think there's a lot of that that they're pulling from, too. Um, but. Yeah, we'll see. Because Elrond still believes in Gladriel, right? And Elrond winds up marrying Gladriel's daughter, by the mm-hmm. way. 
So Gladrail is Arwen's grandma. If you want to connect all the dots. Um, but Elrond's half human, half elf, but still gets to enjoy the immortality of the elven side, even though he's, you know, half. So anyways, yeah, just really, really good. I'm sure there's a bunch of stuff from the episode that we missed um, here, but I just, it's, I really, really, really enjoyed it. Again, it's going to require a rewatch, I think, to really see the brilliance of the show. Mm -hmm. Well, and and it's pretty like it's the, the, oh my gosh, the, yeah. it's stunning, right? The, 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 the video, the cinematography, the, the locations, the, the grandiosity of like Numenor, uh, it's, I mean, it's just like, and, and the different, you know, uh, Elven places, uh, Casa Doom is crazy. Uh, cause we only see it in the Lord of the Rings movies as, you know, the orc ridden Moria that's dead. Right. So mm-hmm. seeing it alive is, yeah, it's just, man yeah yeah so like you won't have to twist my arm to rewatch this one yeah the budget that they had on this show um it was paid off when the when you get that first shot of Numenor Mm. and you see the statues and the yeah Mm -hmm. that's that's gorgeous definitely 150 million Mm dollars so we got another season finale this last week um I don't have much to say about it, but, uh, but it was, it was interesting. Have you watched any of the She-Hulk? No. No. That was, that was quite entertaining. Was it? Yeah. It, it had a, it had a little bit of a Deadpool vibe, actually. <laughs> um, there's a lot of breaking of the fourth wall. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, uh, and so it was really good because there, there's scenes where, um, and I, I love, uh, um, what's her name? Oh, why is her name not coming to me? She was an orphan black. Was it a Natasha Leone or something like that? Uh, no, I'm gonna else? have to look it up. Um, but uh, I love her acting. She's she's just a lot of fun. And just about every episode, she stops and she looks at the camera and she makes some kind of comment. Or in in the finale, there's a whole section of the finale that just totally goes off the rails. And, and, and it's just, it's so, it's such a fun, like irreverent show that, uh, that is just, it's a lot of fun. I like oh, it. Her name is Tatiana Maslani. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of somebody else. See, that's, I haven't even. Mm-hmm. She is amazing in Orphan Black. She play she plays herself in like so many different, cause she's a clone in that show. And so okay. she plays herself in so many different, like um personalities and and such that and every one of them is so so convincing if you haven't watched orphan black i recommend it it's a it's a little bit edgy but uh but it's good so uh another another show that's come out recently that uh that we talked real briefly about before the show is andor i like it it it's a good show it's really slow it's and and I think See, I disagree. Do you think? I mean, there's Boba no point. Fett, Book of Boba Fett was slow to yeah. me. I I actually like this one because I mean he he he's they've already told a few stories with him through six episodes, right? 
you've gotten his backstory. You've gotten him trying to find his sister. He kills the guys on Ferrex. Then they come find him at his home planet where he's staying. And then you find out that's not his real mom and how she found him. And now he's with this ragtag group of rebels. And there's this other storyline with uh, Stellan Skarsgård's guy who's funding the rebellion with Mon Mothma, who is in a loveless marriage. Like there's just, I think there's so many more moving parts to this one for mm-hmm. me than now it's not a fast paced show by any means, but compared to like Boba Fett, where he cosplays as a Tuscan Raider for what feels like 12 episodes, even though I think it's only one and a half <laughs> that to that show to me was so, I couldn't even finish it. Like I got like four or five episodes in. I was like, all right, I'm done. Yeah. So you missed the yeah. whole Mandalorian season 2.5. Oh, well, then yeah. maybe there's a reason to go back and watch Cause it. Because it, it switched over to really what, what seemed like um, supplemental material for The Mandalorian after that. Yeah, I totally missed all that. I couldn't yeah. get to it because the first half of the season was so boring. Yeah. Um, that show, I'll, what I'll say about Book of Boba Fett is I think it did what it needed to do. It answered questions about, like, where did, you know, where did... Uh, how did Boba Fett get out of the Sorlacc pit? First off, um, why is he suddenly like different? You know, he's, he's was a bounty hunter for all this time. And all of a sudden now he's like, well, you know what? I want to settle down on Tatooine and, uh, be a warlord. You know, why, why suddenly did he, he change? Like he was never a guy that settled anywhere. And now all of a sudden he's just, eh, you know, I think I'll hang out here and take over Jabba's palace and, you know, try to do good. Why? Well, but none of why those questions, that? none of those questions had to be answered though, because when Star Wars ended, he was in the Sarlacc pit and dead. Like the only reason mm-hmm. that he got brought back was because he's fans a, wanted him. He's to come a super back. popular character. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, so like there are questions that didn't need to be answered because they're they're self fulfilling, mm-hmm. in the sense that. But if they, they wanted to bring Boba Fett back, so they made up a story for how that. Yeah, happened. but if they wanted to bring Boba Fett back, they had to explain it. Right, they, exactly. They to but it to me, sense. it's like it's like pro wrestling, right? We're telling mm-hmm. the story that we want to tell because we want to tell it, and we want to bring this character back. Like you know, oh, you got you lost the buried alive match, and three weeks later, you're all of a sudden alive again. Like how do we how do we make that work? You know, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit like that in my mind, but. No, the, I think the, uh, the big, the big thing that, that I appreciated about, and and I've tried to take a different approach to the book of Boba Fett. Uh-huh. This, this is like supplemental material for the Mandalorian. If you approach it like that, it tends, yeah. it almost makes a little bit more sense because about halfway through the season, all of a sudden we're like, there's an, I think there's an episode or two where you don't even see Boba Fett. It's just all about what's going on with the Mandalorian with, uh, Din Djarin. And then it comes, and then it comes back and the two storylines converge. So it's, uh, it, it's just interesting in that, I mean, the, the last episode of the book of Boba Fett was, was a halfway decent payoff, especially when you have uh, really selling it, Mitch. I know, right? <laughs> Um, especially when you have a, the reintroduction of a very popular villain character in the, uh, in the, like the clone wars and rebels, you, mm-hmm. you have this character and I'm not going to say who it is cause I don't want to ruin it for you if you haven't seen it yet. 
but you have this reintroduction of this character that it it makes it really does kind of make the whole thing worth it. It's good. So So do you know if there's gonna be a second season of Boba Fett or are they just gonna roll all of that into the third season of Mandalorian? That's I haven't heard one way or the other if they're gonna I to me, I think the story is self contained enough that uh and I they probably could have done half the season and then rolled mm-hmm. the rest of this into uh there is ways that they could have done this differently to make it make more sense but they did it the way they did it and so now it sets it up nice to go into the mandalorian season three um but i think the problem is is that if you go into season three without seeing the book of boba fett it there's things that aren't going to make sense yeah so um and i'm doing my best not to make not to get into any specifics but they're just things that aren't going to make sense. Gotcha. So. All right. Well, I'll finish it. It's anyway, it's only like eight episodes. So if you're yeah. four episodes in, you only got four, four episodes left. So, so, but back to Andor, right? Yeah. Cause that's, that's the new hotness as mm-hmm. it were in the star Wars universe. Uh, what are you, so you think it's a little slow, but what's your, what are, what are your main takeaways from it? Well, I think number one, we we're getting backstory. Where did he come from? What, why is he, why does he have the angst and you know he's this troubled guy you know has mm-hmm. been been in prison been you know he's really he's almost the kind of like han solo archetype but different you know he more han solo i don't think really had he had a rough upbringing you know he was on corellia and mm-hmm. was essentially was essentially a slave on corellia that escaped but uh but Andor is a little different in the sense that he he just had a rough childhood because he saw the Empire basically wipe out his people. And Yeah, back to that whole genocide thing, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> and so he's a product of that. But instead of like he hates the Empire, but he doesn't feel like he can do anything about it. And so really what this se- this season is about is trying to convince him, yes, you can do something about it and you have skills. And this is something that uh, Stellan Skarsgård's character um, brings out in him and is trying to convince him of. You have skills that you can use to, to uh, take out the Empire and, and help with the rebellion. And so I think that's a lot of what we're, what we're seeing in this, this series. And so I'm, I'm looking forward. I think this is really building towards something that is going to be uh, a really cool like season finale for the, for the, the show. Um, but they have to lay the groundwork. They have to show his yeah. skills. They have to show his worth. Um, through through like this last last week's episode was the uh, the siege on um, you know where where they stole all the or they stole a bunch of the payroll credits. Yep. Yeah, and so that this was like an opportunity for him to show the skills. And on top of that, the uh, the beautiful the eye that they kept talking about. Um, basically it was a really pretty meteor shower and just the, uh, that was a really beautiful effect, you know, and I was looking forward to seeing how they were going to show that and it turned out really cool. Yeah. So what, but, what I find interesting is in recent years, there's been this new structure for shows where there are eight episodes and episode six is the climax of the season. And then seven is the fallout. And then eight is the finale that ties up some storylines and 
sends off a few more for season two and mm-hmm. leaves you, you know, and so it's become this formula, right? And this, so it's the same in Andor as it is in Rings of Power. Episode six was when Mordor, you know, gets, they, they blow up Mount Doom, right? And all of that. And so seven is the fallout. And then eight is the finale where they tell you who Gandalf and Sauron are, right? So mm-hmm. episode six in Andor is when they finally attack that base. And that's the climax of the season. So we're going to see, I think, two more episodes, right? And then, so I don't think we're going to have to wait very long to get to that season finale. But I think you're right that there's going to be a, a pretty good payoff with it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Because where we left it in episode six, right? He takes his cut and then takes off, right? And so we don't know what's next for him because he's a loner, right? He's still being hunted by the creepy guy from the private security firm whose mom is the worst, by the way. Mm -hmm. No wonder he turned out so screwed up. His mom is new definition on helicopter mom. Yeah. Anders so anyways, be, Anders is going to be 12 episodes long. I just wanted to look that up. Oh, there's going to be 12. Mm-hmm. So maybe we get another. So maybe this was the first, like this was the false summit, right? Yeah. <laughs> the big episode. And there's going to be probably episode nine or 10. We're going to get another, another big moment. Well, that's good. I was kind of bummed mm-hmm. if it was just going to be eight. Yeah. There's another story to tell here. I think they're treating it like the, the mid season finale. And then they're, there's another story mm-hmm. to tell here before they ramp up to the end. That's good. That makes me excited because mm-hmm. uh, eight season, eight episode seasons are too short. But Agreed. if you look at pretty much any eight episode season, episode six is generally the the high point as far as like action or, you know, drama or, or what have you. But 12 episodes I'm down with because that means we're only halfway. Right. Fabulous. Mm hmm. So yeah, some exciting stuff uh, on TV right now. You watching anything else that gets you excited? Uh, I mean sports, but <laughs> well, I know that you that you like the rookie and the rookie's back. I haven't watched the rookie in two seasons. I don't think. Okay. I just okay. I've kind of gotten over the monster of the week shows. You know, where like there's always a bad guy that you have to, or a problem like each episode procedurals or whatever. I don't mm-hmm. know. I just like, cause honestly, like I know we just spent 45 minutes talking about TV shows that we like. Most of my TV time is sports. Formula one, soccer, college football. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've got rings of power and Andor. That's, two episodes a week other than that like i don't have netflix i don't have hbo uh like none of that so i just yeah especially in the fall right college football um soccer world cups coming up college basketball and the nba start real soon so like i just i don't want to watch i don't want to spend all my time watching tv and so i prioritize sports over the the actual shows Uh, except for except for a handful you know but what about you um i have so my dvr is filled with stuff right now (laughs) a lot a lot of which i'm i haven't really um uh dived into um dove into yeah 
Uh, but there's a, I kind of have a couple of different categories that, that I, that I work in. Like I'll have my shows that my wife and I watch together that are like the main shows that we watch. So Andor falls into that, uh, rings of power was in there. Um, we watch she Hulk together. Uh, a lot of the stuff that we watch on streaming a lot is like that. We also enjoy the rookie. Um, so we watch, we watch those episodes together. Um, there's a, like a real small sub sub group of shows that I watch on my own. And those are typically like the, you know, going back and watching through the Mandalorian. I've been doing that on my own, mm-hmm. um, history channel stuff. You know, I, I have a few series that I enjoy on the history channel. And then there's kind of like this, uh, this subgroup of shows that it's like, you know, if I just need something on and I'm working on something else, I'll turn that on. You know, I've got a lot of stuff on the DVR like that, you know, HGTV shows, um, you know, different home renovation shows, stuff like that. I, I enjoy. So, yeah. And we've talked about, um, the, what was it? The unexplained with William Shatner, uh, before, um, I do enjoy that show. I haven't watched it in a while and I've got a, I've got a back catalog of stuff on my DVR right now. If I decide I want to want to go back and watch some more, but good old Billy Shatner. Yeah. And like I've said before, he's the worst part of that show. So, <laughs> and, and to be honest with you, it is, it's, it, it's bad, but it's not that bad. So, but yeah, so nothing. Oh, I should say. Uh, Lego Masters is back, and I I uh, enjoy that show. So that's a Will Arnett host that one, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, when BattleBots is on, I'm 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 into the nerd shows. I, I like <laughs> BattleBots. Oh my gosh, I <laughs> forgot about that show. Holy cow! Yeah, that's they, still on. They just had a big tournament here recently that they aired. <laughs> um, I have I have kind of I have it set up so that whenever there's anything BattleBots on uh, on TV, I have a TiVo, so I have I have some things that I can do there uh-huh. that uh, it just shows up, so it just pops into the DVR and it's like, oh, there's more Battle BattleBots to watch. Cool, that's so, funny. Uh, Curse of Oak Island comes back next month, and I love that show. That's good. That's the is that that one on the History Channel? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, over the summer, the uh, Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch was on. I, I enjoy that. Skinwalker Ranch. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. That sounds terrifying. So that show, um, there's there's a lot of uh, historical significance to that show, um, as far as how the Navajo and the uh, oh, I'm forgetting who forgetting the other tribe it's the tribe that actually lives in that area and then they curse this land because the navajo tried tried to take it from them and essentially the skinwalkers are are supposedly these uh these evil beings that protect the land and are are part of the curse they're shape-shifting um like demonic creatures although that's that's not what really that's not really what the show's about um you know it's it has a, a slight slight part of it but it's not really what the show's about so that's interesting but yeah so that's what's delighting you today huh 
Yeah. What's uh Rings of Power. Yes, Rings of Power. It was good. Anyways. It, it was enjoyable. I really I did enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Well, so what's interesting, and then we can happily move on to what's delighting you, mm-hmm. uh, is so we know for a fact that the elves had three rings. Mm-hmm. So we've we've now seen those three rings. But the dwarves got seven for some reason, and the men got nine. Mm-hmm. So there are still 16 rings that have yet to be made. And also the one ring that so, so there's 17 other rings that need to be made yeah. over the course of what I'm assuming. I'm assuming we're going to get all of them over the course of the five seasons. It's a big assumption. I don't know. Um, and hopefully we get the question answered why the dwarves got seven and the men got nine and their elves only like, I don't know who knows, Like, but I would like to know the reason behind why they got more. Uh, Considering the elves tend to think they're better than everybody else. <laughs> well, if you if you do the math, there's twenty. I don't know if there's any significance to that, but there's twenty rings. Yeah. So the one the one ring, the nine rings of men, the seven rings of the dwarves, and the three of uh yep. and I do I wonder if that has something to do with the the breakdown of uh population in Middle Earth. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. So anyways, just curious about that. But Mitch, hit that bass, my man. Well, what's delighting me today? Yes. All right. Well, we've talked about Logos on the show before. The uh, Bible software. Mm -hmm. Um, They, Monday was, uh, was Bible software Christmas. They, (laughs) they launched Logos 10. This last week. And does it cost an arm and a leg? Um, I was able to upgrade for free. Uh, but that was because I upgraded to nine recently. Um, and that didn't, it really didn't cost me that much. I, but uh, I put it on a payment plan. So I'm, I'm paying it off a little bit at a time here. But so this was this was free for me to upgrade into the bronze package because I usually don't go into a high package, but uh, but they have done some stuff. Um, am I going to say this is like a groundbreaking update? I don't know that I would say that necessarily, but there's some really cool features that that they're adding to Logos and in Logos 10, which by the way drives me crazy. They call it Logos, and I've called it Logos for so long that I just can't not say it. So if you're going to judge me for that, I'm good with that. So, um, but there's a couple of things that they've done here that I think are, are really, really good for, um, Logos users. Uh, there's a ton of features. Um, so if we go, I'm, I'm on the Logos page, which I will show the, I'll throw this into show notes. So if you, as the listener, want to jump in here and check this out. I will throw that into the show notes for you. Um, but uh, some of the stuff, I think they put a little bit more work into the mobile experience, which is really cool. But I'll kind of get to that in a second. They did a redesign of uh, Logos. Um, not a total redesign, but what they did is they moved the um, everything that was in the top bar is now on the sidebar and you can go back, you can change it back if you don't like it that way. But their idea was they wanted to bring the scripture front and center. They wanted to make the content, um, 
put that in the foreground instead of having all of this crap up at the top that was distracting from the content. So they've they've minimized a lot of the uh, the menus and and such to uh, make room for um, the content. Um, they've restructured a little bit how some of the stuff works, and there's so much here that I'm I'm not going to be able I'm not going to cover it all, but they have a layout feature that um, is in the desktop version and has been in the desktop version for a long time. They brought that to mobile. So now you can set up custom layouts and switch between those layouts if you choose. And, and mm -hmm. it's a lot more fluid. Uh, this is also the, they're, they're saying that this is a lightning fast update. They've spent a lot of time working under the hood to speed up Logos because especially when your search features and stuff like that, it, was, it wasn't super fast before. Um, they're saying mm -hmm. that it's way faster now and you can get more done in less time. It's actually the first version to be native on Apple Silicon. So um, it should run much better. Uh, it doesn't require Rosetta to run. So it should be much That's smoother. Nice. Um, the, oh gosh, it's so expensive, Mitch. <laughs> there's some stuff that is, yeah. Look at this. Oh my. You know, if you look at the starter pack, um, it's it's good. It's a couple hundred bucks, probably. And I'm, I'm not even sure because I can't see prices that don't that aren't. The starter pack right now is two hundred and fifty dollars and seventy four cents. Yeah. But it's 15 percent off. Yeah. Well, you get you get a ton of books, all the features, you know, or not all the features, but a, a lot of the baseline features that they, they offer with it. Um. Some of the updates that they're doing is they're doing a an update to the books. Um, they're and I don't know what this is going to mean right now. What they say on the web page uh, for these new Logos edition books is uh, books aren't just included in Logos; they're fused into the platform itself. Logos retrieves information like topics and theological ideas from the digital library and delivers them straight to you, so you never waste time flipping through pages. So, um. I, th I don't think that that's super new, but because I've been able to search the books for a while now. Uh, one well, thing. There's, yes. there's something a little bit further down the page that. Um, you're talking to, you're, I think you're talking about the next thing I was going to talk about. Okay. The uh, searching your print books. Yes. Yeah. So this is a really cool new feature in Logos 10 that you go through and you. Um, there's a QR code that you scan in uh, the desktop version of Logos with your phone and you it then connects that to your library and you go through and scan the ISBN uh, for each of the books that are in your library to add those to your, um, add those to Logos. And now when you go and you search for a topic, as long as those books are represented in some way, shape, or form in Logos, they know what page number things are on. They know all the information about those books. So now when you go and search, it'll actually show you what's in your print library as well and tell you what page and everything the, the uh, information is on. So you just go over to your, your library, you grab the book off the shelf, you go to that page, and, and now you can read through whatever pertains to this, the, uh, subject that you're, uh, researching. Yeah. That, that might be worth the price of entry right there. 
that's super helpful. Mm-hmm. The question I, I want to know is, can I see a list of books? Because it says um, print resources must currently be available as a Logos edition. I want to find a list of all of the books that are currently Logos editions and compare that to my library. Because if it's five, no, thank you. If it's 75, done. Yeah. Well, I, what I would do, um, you can like maybe pick uh, a handful of them uh, that you want to, you want to make sure you have in there and then search the library. And you can do that from the search bar at the top uh, on uh, the Logos website. So, oh, okay. Good to know. Um, cause you can buy the books from there. Um, so what I t- generally do when I update my Logos is I just update the feature pack because I don't need all the books. I don't use a lot of the books, so I, I can just update to whatever the feature pack is for that update. And then mm-hmm. I'll buy the books, um, as I need them. So you know, not all of them, because some of them do get expensive, but they'll, they'll uh, tell you, oh, well, if you buy the, the pack with the books and the features and everything, this is the value of it. Well, the problem is, is that you'll get, let's, let's say, and it's a lot more than this, but let's say you get 10 books and you use two of them. Well, those two probably were cheaper than what you paid for the 10 in the, Mm -hmm. in the, uh, in the pack. So what I tend to do is just get the ones that I need because I don't need the, you know, I don't need the catechisms and I don't need the, a lot of the Catholic material. I don't need a lot of, you know, certain authors that I don't necessarily agree doctrinally with, you know, I don't need all this extra stuff. What I do need is I want, I want good uh, resources for, um, searching Greek and Hebrew I want good resources for, I want a, a couple of good commentaries so that I can, I can look into it. Maybe a couple of good handbooks, some good dictionaries. Um, I, I do, I have looked into uh, some of the systematic theologies that, uh, that have been recommended to me as far as uh, what the cost is and, and uh, what I would need to pay for those. But, uh, but beyond that, like, I don't need the, this huge library that they offer. So I'll go update to the next, you know, up to, to a feature pack as opposed to updating to like the bronze package or the silver package or the gold package, because that's where your money savings tend to be. It's still pricey. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. It's still going to be expensive, but ha- cutting out the books um, helps in bringing that cost down a bit. So I think you do have to look to that. Not all the new features are going to be in the lower, lower packages. Um, so if there's a particular feature that you're looking to update to, you want to make sure that it's in a, in that you're getting that feature in that package. So you have to do a little research as you're uh, looking at this. So, um, they added a whole section on uh, popular quotes. So now you can search quotes, you know, so if you're putting together a sermon or something like that, and you need a quote for, for something, you can actually go in and search quote, search quotes and go through and scroll through them and grab, grab one that, that fits, you know, they, they have the example here of uh, searching wisdom and they found an A.W. Tozer quote that they, that they put into their sermon. Um, they've added a whole bunch of stuff on church history uh, in this update. They enhanced uh, timelines which is something that uh, 
that I find really intriguing. And for the first time, you can look at the, their timelines on the iPad version of Logos. So I was uh, flipping through that the other day and found that to be really cool. So I, I enjoy because I enjoy the timelines because you can you can look at a particular biblical event and mm-hmm. expand yourself out to see what the context of that event is. So, you know, maybe you're looking at something, you know, during the, the Pauline era and you're you're looking to see like what other world events around that could be informing what's happening um, in, say, Ephesians. So you can you can dig into it a little bit more like that. So the timeline mm-hmm. timeline stuff is is actually really cool. It can be really overwhelming because when you first look at it, there is a ton of stuff. If you don't filter it out, there's a ton of stuff that you that is going to be in there. You know, so you gotta you gotta watch and uh, kind of filter that out to get what you need. But a lot of the stuff takes a little bit of massaging and and uh, time to kind of work with it to get it. Oh, let's see. They've enhanced the search to be um to be better. Uh they they uh they just say search reimagined, find anything instantly. And that is something that has been kind of a weakness in the past is uh is searching for things. So they've made that a lot easier. Um they knew ha- they now have what they call advanced search simplified which uh, before what you had to do is you had to type in a string of like really complicated, uh, complicated um, syntax to get what you wanted. Now you can go in and just select a category and say, hey, I want to compare this thing with this thing. And then it'll give you a little pop-up to, um, to kind of help you uh, find what you're looking for instead of having to type in a lot of complicated syntax. Um, so on the bottom of this page is a, uh, is a video that uh, is an up close look what they, what they say on the page here is an up close look at the latest additions to Logos. I think if I'm not mistaken, this is the live stream that they did for the announcement and that is also available on YouTube. So I'm going to put the, the video from YouTube in the, in the show notes as well. So you can take a look at that if you want, but they went through a lot of these features to show how they work and how they're um, improving uh, Logos Bible software. So so yeah, this is really delighting me because I use this really heavily for my study and I actually love it quite a bit. Um now on the mobile on the mobile version, they they say in the video that they um that they notice that a lot of people use their iPads for doing study. So let me actually get to the Bible here. So when you when you pull up the Bible, there's the they reworked the menu system for the uh for your reading. So you can read a little bit easier, but now uh if you want to get into a lot of the extra features in this, there's a little hamburger menu down in the corner, and there's a whole list. I don't know if you can see that, but there's a whole list 
of things that you can do with with your text. And they have they have a couple of features I didn't realize that they had. Now timelines is in here. Uh, they have your atlas, so you can look at um, your atlas. They added canvases, which was a feature that they added a couple of years ago with Logos, that you can go in and create diagrams uh, to like graphics to um, like take a verse, you know, diagram it out, create graphics for it. And I've used it a little bit in some of my study of first uh, Corinthians to like break down a chapter and, and um, like when I was doing my spiritual, spiritual gift study to break down all the different spiritual gifts, what do these gifts mean? What are they? And being able to create a graphic for all this stuff. So, so is, is it kind of like a whiteboard feature? Sort of. Sort of. Yeah. Um, so let okay, me pull up. This is my first Corinthians uh, 13, four through eight that I did. I'll see if I can. It's uh, kind of hard to to show because I've got a lot of, uh, you have all your stuff around it here. Let me see if I can get rid of that sidebar. But like I went through and diagrammed what love is. And so, um, and oh, kind of categorize like them by color. Yeah. So it's a little bit more like a mind map. But, gotcha. uh, but yeah, so I, di I diagrammed that out. And now that's available on the iPad to be able to do that. So... Um, let me see. There was one other thing that I thought was really neat that they added. And I think it's a work in progress, honestly, because I tried using it this morning and it didn't work as well as I wanted it to, but they have a new feature. If you notice the, uh, the menu at the bottom of that, there is a, you can write right in the text of the, the Bible and die and like scribble on it and uh, make notes and stuff like that. What it doesn't do is save into Logos that way. So if you pull that back up later, you're not going to see that, that, uh, that annotation, but what you can do is you can share it out. So you can save okay. a photo. That answers my next question. Yeah. You can save it into notes. Um, let me see if I can get this. Yeah. You can That's cop cool though. copy it uses the, the image. Native Sorry. Yeah, it uses the native uh of like pe the Apple markup Pencil feature, stuff. yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's uh you can clever. see see the menu there. It uh, allows you to uh save it to photos. Maybe that's a little hard to read like that. Yeah, save copy to, image, save to photos, save as a note, and then there's the share menu too, so you can yeah. get it into other stuff. Yeah. So All right. Well, see, I'm already thinking about how I can pair Logos with Obsidian. <laughs> so here's the disappointing thing. Um, there has been some talk, uh, in the obsidian, uh, boards about whether or not there is Logos, um, in interactivity between the two, uh, at this point, nobody has uh, put together a plugin for this. So, which I know which, copy and paste my bay, my guy. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot way. of copy and pasting, <laughs> but, but at the same time, like a lot of the features that you're going to use in, uh, obsidian for, uh, for note taking and stuff like that is all native in Logos. So, right. No, I, I get that, but I want all of my notes in one place mm -hmm. and I already have an exceptional amount of notes about the Bible, theology, fate, like the whole, you know, realm of all of my articles that I read, get pumped, piped in there, all the highlights. Um, 
So, so in, in that regard, Logos would be supplemental, uh, mm-hmm. I think, to the system that I have in place. Now, that being said, it could change, right? Because um, I haven't gotten my hands on it yet. You yeah. know, I might get my hands on it and go, ooh, <laughs> you know, and, and want everything to live there, but we'll see. So one thing that I would look into, um, Logos is really good about giving the opportunity to export stuff in different formats. And I don't know if it does this, but I, I can look into it, is whether or not in your Logos notes, if the notes themselves can be exported as a text file, and then it could be either copy and pasted, or I'm assuming it probably would have to be copy and pasted into uh, Obsidian. But if they would give you the ability to export it, you know, in, obviously it's going to be a couple steps to get it into obsidian once you've done the study you're you're finished with the study export all your notes and throw them into obsidian and then you can you put your backlinks in stuff like that to connect everything together um but it might be a way of kind of smoothing out the that process yeah that makes sense and that in that case then you start your study in logos and move it move it into obsidian as your database of, mm-hmm. of yeah, all the your finished stuff. product, the finished mm-hmm. product. Yeah, no. So I'm definitely going to download the f- the free version. Yeah, I'm definitely going to download the free version just to poke the bear a little bit and see. And obviously, there will be missing features, but um, and the free version does come with some of those Logos additions as well, so yeah. you can get that experience. And I'll probably watch the you know the the marketing video maybe the live stream but this is um because like i have a lot of commentaries and um books by old dead guys you know uh that are great but if i can just scan the the isbn information and then all of a sudden the entire institutes of calvin you know or like you know the summa theologica like these these epic giant thousand page books right um or just even the commentaries like i'm just that would be amazing because i've been trying to do that manually in obsidian and i have failed because it's so much work and so Mm -hmm. much time um that it's a brilliant feature and there's obviously a, a bunch of other ones like i haven't even who you haven't even mentioned the um like the references and citations and quotations where it shows you like, Oh, this is the passage that Paul is quoting here. And this is the passage that Jesus is referencing here in Isaiah and like the visual stuff. And then the word breakdowns of like, okay, like on the website, it shows you wisdom and it shows you like the five or six different uh, Hebrew words that can be rendered wisdom and how popular, like how many times this one gets used versus this one. And like, Mm -hmm. that's the sort of stuff that I'm like, I could go down that rabbit hole for a long (laughs) I'll, I'll tell you you can pick a verse uh, a one verse and spend hours digging into uh because the the biblical word study is deep mm-hmm. like you know when when you're see our church um my pastor doesn't like to promote logos as an option for for a lot of people this this is a niche thing um and i don't know that logos is for everybody because it you have to take time to learn, you know, how things work. And, you know, because like I was, I was talking to the guys at our Bible study the other day, you have, or maybe it was biblical counseling study or something. But when you want to look up the Greek for a particular word, 
there's like a little quick way you can do it. And then there's a little bit different way you can do it, or you can pull up the interlinear um, option at the bottom that, that will allow you to look at how it fits into the, the verse um, and whether or not the word is actually there. Um, but, uh, but then if you want to do like a Bible word study on it, now there's a whole different layer of uh, depth. So getting to learn how to navigate your different features and what feature is right for what time, you know, for what you're doing. So maybe you, all you need to do is come up with a Greek word and that that's all you need. Greek word, quick explanation. You want to see if it's in the nominative sense, maybe, um, or, or whatever you, you can do that real quick, but if you want to do more of a Bible word study and say, Hey, you know what? I want to know where this word is used in all of Paul's books, you know, and how, how did he use this word throughout, throughout his books? So I can get a better understanding of how he's using this word here and, and get a deeper sense of, of that word. I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure why he used this word here. So let me, let me think about this. Let me look at how he's using this throughout his books. And so it, it gives you so much, so much better ability to, to study that out and to learn more about, um, the original text and, and all that, that, that it just, it just makes it, makes it a lot easier. And, but you have to know what layer to, to work with, what feature to, to grab for this particular application, because Logos is such a powerhouse. So. Yeah. I'm going to dip my toe in that pond and see how it feels. Yeah. Well, this is very cool. One other thing I did not talk about is that they, they, uh, um, introduced a preaching mode on the iPad. So you build your sermon in Logos and then you go into preaching mode on your iPad and it literally takes you step-by-step step through your sermon and you can, you can preach completely off your iPad. Nice. Yeah, and allows you to set up if you if you use Proclaim as your um, presentation software, you mm -hmm. can actually put together your whole sermons slide set and everything like that right in right in Logos, and then you just transfer it to uh, to Proclaim. Yeah, I'm. I might have to have you run me through Proclaim one time, just mm -hmm. like. FaceTime just because I really it's the same exact price as pro presenter, but you get unlimited seats yeah, and the ability to collaborate. And there's the, the whole media library that you can get with it. And uh, we don't use, we use pro presenter, but we use like maybe 20% of its capability because it, I mean, we're not doing multiple giant multiple projectors onto one giant screen. Like we have a projector above the stage and a projector above the back wall so that the, you know, the singers can see the lyrics. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not doing anything crazy. Right. Yeah. Um, and so for the same price to get all of the features that we need, plus unlimited seats and, and some compatible or, or collaborate, like, so I might have to have you run me through it at some point so i can hurt uh, are you familiar with with what a confidence monitor is yes okay 
So the way I have the uh, our church set up um, right now is that the front screen is all your slides. And then we have a back screen in the back that I actually set up as a confidence monitor. So what that does for like when you're doing worship, your your worship slide is up front for the uh, for the congregation, but in the back because it's hard to read those slides on the TV that we have back there, the confidence monitor takes it and puts it white text on a black background, and beefs up the size of the lettering and everything like that. So if they want to read it from the stage, they can read it from the stage. Um, whereas the the slides themselves are a little bit harder to read from from the the front the front stage on the back wall so so that works out really well for us it also has the time and we can set timers for different things if we want and put those up there i don't do that because i don't feel a need to have the the worship service structured that tightly um if we wanted to we could i could i could put a timer on a presenter and just say hey you got 10 minutes you know so um the, the clock's right there when your time runs out you're done so, but we don't, we don't do that, but do that to the preacher. <laughs> my, my pastor would look at me and say, no, I'm not doing that. So <laughs> he was killing me last week. I'm trying to follow him with the camera and I, I only have one camera and I'm trying to, he's walking all over the place and I'm trying to follow him and I don't like to move the camera when when we're on that camera so because i think it looks really amateurish to do that so i try to go to something and then come back to the camera having been moved so so i kept like going to his slide that he's talking about moving the camera to him then putting the slide back up there and by the time i get that slide back up there he's walking off the out of the frame already and it was making me so crazy so I finally just zoomed the camera back and just left it. So, but good times. Just had to get that off my chest this week. You're the first person I've been able to talk to about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, All right, I, well, no, I really, uh... I really enjoy the integration of, uh, of Logos with Proclaim and just, all the the cool stuff you can do with proclaim is just incredible. Yeah, you're you're about to I think make me spend money, Mitch. So, did I, thanks did for it, that, buddy. Did I mention that proclaim has NDI channels too? So you can set up a network was it what does NDI stand for? Network display interface. But you can set up like for the live stream I used to uh set up an NDI for that so that I could just do overlays over the video. So instead of showing the whole slide, it would just be a, an overlay, like a lower third for the, the worship music and stuff like that. When I switched over to using Ecamm for our live stream software, which has been working much more stably than, uh, than Streamlabs was for me before, because I'm on a Mac and OBS and, and slobs doesn't seem to work real great for on, on uh, Mac, Mac computers, um, Ecamm has been way more reliable. And, but I, when I switched over to Ecamm, I just went to an, an overlay of basically the, uh, the slide. So as we're doing worship, it's showing the um, worship slide with the lyrics on it and such. 
in an overlay instead of doing it with the NDI. But, but yeah, it goes deep, man. <laughs> so, cool. Well, you got anything else that's that's got you excited this week before we wrap up? Well, I mean, Michigan plays Penn State today, but, you know. Mm. That that has me excited now. We'll see how I feel later today. About it. But it's number five versus number ten, so yeah. it should be a good game, regardless of who wins. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't even know who we play tomorrow. The Packers, that is. You ever pick up your phone and you're like, you totally forgot why you picked it up. Yep. <laughs> That happens to me all the time. I'll be like, oh, I need to look this thing up. And then I pick out my phone. And I'm like, oh, I have email <laughs> or something. It drives me mad. Uh, we got the Jets tomorrow. A lot of green. A lot of green. They'll be at Lambeau, so that means Packers will be in green. Jets will probably be in white. Is that right? Or is it flip reversed? Home jerseys no, if you're, are white. You're at Lambeau, you know, you'll be green. Okay. Green jerseys. Green jersey. Okay. Yep, that makes sense. So well, cool, man. Another good show in the can, and it's uh kind of a long one, so I'm gonna have lots of editing to do. <laughs> I think I just That's talked that. a long time about Logos. <clears throat> okay, I talked a long time about Rings of Power, so you balanced right. it out. It's good. Because mine's all made up. Yep. Yours isn't. <laughs> All right. Well, you are listening to Inner Dialogue, and if you would like to know a little bit more about the show, a little bit uh, more about us, maybe get to the back catalog, you can check us out at innerdialogue.show. And Cam, where can people find more information about you? Uh, CamBrennan.com. Indeed. And if you'd like to know more about me, you can check me out at MitchCraig.online. And I got a really good deal on on that a URL and now I see it's up for renewal and I don't have as good a deal this time around. So I'm disappointed about that. Um, but, uh, but it's good. And I will be switching that one over to a uh, bio site. Uh, it's a new thing that uh, Squarespace uh, released this last week. It's a really cool, just little fancy um, one pager uh, talking about, or with giving you the ability to uh, put your socials on there, any websites that you have, um, it's a little bit, uh, it reminds me a little bit of a, where about me or about dot me started, uh, years ago. And, and it's just a, a little prettier and a little nicer to work with. And you can design and, um, and add all your information right from your phone as well. So Squarespace has been really smart about how they design this. So I have designed one for myself, but I have not repointed my, uh, you or my, um, website or URL to that uh site yet so once i get a chance i will do that and you'll be able to see what i created so very good otherwise it's bio sites slash mitch craig bio dot sites slash mitch craig very good all right well it's been fun sir i look forward to doing it again in a couple of weeks you bet all right take it easy man bye Later.